Hello and welcome to the Money Marketing Podcast and we're back again for another end of month podcast. Um, I'm Kimberly Dondo and I'm joined by the rest of the editorial team. Hi, I'm Katie Pigden, editor of Money Marketing. Hi, I'm Dan Cooper, news editor. Lois Valley, chief reporter. Amanda Newman-Smith, feature writer. Darius McRae, reporter. Okay, fantastic. Thank you guys for joining me again. and. Today's episode is special in the way that we're saying goodbye to a very, very special person on our team. Um, so this will be Katie's last podcast. How does that I feel, know. Katie? It feels very strange. I, I felt like, am I a bit of a fraud, say, an editor in the intro there? But I still am editor. still technically. Still counts. <laughs> so I'm holding on to it. I'm holding on to it for now. Yes, yeah. it, it feels very weird. Um, sort of mixed emotions obviously it's been as I think Lois pointed out to me a little bit earlier that four years at the brand or four and a bit years probably yeah. at the brand um yeah moving up from news editor to editor so uh, lots of different things with that but I've been very lucky to have a very supportive team around me both past and present um mm-hmm. colleagues so there's been lots of people that have helped me on the way and people in the wider industry as well yeah. so very grateful to that but it, it does feel weird at the thought of starting again and being the newbie somewhere else I know it's it's kind of scary but um you will be missed but we're excited to see uh you on your new adventure thank you um, but we also have um a new person as yes. part of this podcast so um yes. Dan our new Hello. news editor was it how does it feel Dan? joining the team yeah, it's it's been amazing. It's been um it's just over three weeks now, so it's been a, a bit of a whirlwind. We've had um MMI Interactive and we've had SJP and um several other things going on. So yeah, lot to lot to get stuck into, but it's been really, really enjoyable. Um like Katie said, it's been a really, really amazing supportive team. So um yeah, just trying to simultaneously learn things and, you know, get to know the sector and meeting new people. Um arranging meetings so it's been yeah it's been busy but but really enjoyable yeah probably never even heard of sjp before did you and now it's like (laughs) just like oh sjp not even st james's place doesn't even need the full name fantastic that's that's it it's it's ingrained in my brain now definitely 100 percent. so uh (laughs) and doing it on the morning of mmi as well which was uh yeah i was i was going to ask about that because obviously Mm. it was um our big flagship event um and then obviously yeah. katie you had a feeling something was coming down the line yeah um, I, I think we probably spoke about it on the last podcast as well didn't we that there yeah. was you know there's been a lot of talk around sjp for quite some time and it it's model of the, of the company directly anyway and its fee structure and its exit charges which or exit fees sorry which it doesn't refer to as exit fees it calls them early withdrawal charges yeah there's this whole sort of thing and then there was the fca with its consumer duty regime that's come out and and whether there was going to be a bigger focus on on sjp and i think lois originally wrote a story of that they were sort of looking at that structure um there was obviously speculation in the wider media as to what this company was going to do and it just i just sort of felt like it feels like the direction of travel is it will announce something so i i, I jokingly wrote this 
intro really that it was getting rid of its controversial exit fees and um the day before mmi i was speaking to lois and dan and obviously it was the first conference for dan attending as part of our brand and i said oh you know we'll get loads of new stories from the actual day it's fine like most of our content tomorrow <laughs> will come from our own conference we have the fca speaking there it's all about ai it's fantastic technology but please do keep an eye out because if something else happens in the wider financial advice world, such as SJP scrapping exit fees, we really will need to cover this. Ha ha, it's not going to happen tomorrow, is it? Of course, it's not going to happen tomorrow, but it might happen in a couple of weeks time. And we wake up on the morning of MMI and it does happen. (laughs) (laughs) I think Lois, it was like desperately writing the story in the back of a taxi, wasn't you, on the way to to the menu? I'm so glad I got a taxi because if I was trying to do that on the tube, it would have been horrendous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, you know, it was that nightmare of yeah, us all messaging each other, sort of going, "I'm yeah. really sorry, guys. I didn't actually mean to predict this. I've never been able to predict the lottery numbers. I don't, you know, I don't know why this power doesn't work elsewhere." Um, but, but it does sometimes for news. Um, and so then I just said to Lois, "Well, I've got this intro." <laughs> I know it was really helpful. <laughs> I, I know it's a bit weird, but like, do you want to use it? Yeah, um, I woke up, saw the announcement in my email inbox, and I was like, oh, taxi it is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I opened my WhatsApp on the um, on the train. I couldn't get proper Wi-Fi, and the uh, first message on there was SJP. I was like, yeah. no, no, not today. <laughs> not today. Not today, guys. Like, why, why stay? Of, and, I, you know, I'd even, like, been trying to contact the press office a few days before and obviously they were probably inundated with everything that was going on and I was just like oh if, you know I'm, I'm leaving my marketing soon if it just so happens that any big announcements are coming you know any chance I could sort of speak to the, the powers that be or anything like that and obviously you know really hard for them sort of and then we all having to sort of jump on that but going well we'd want to go into this in a bit more detail but we've got our conference delegates are going to be turning up any minute now mm-hmm. uh, you know then then there was the panic of Lois is like well I put the story up and I'm looking on my phone going I can't see it it's it's not there why is it not loading what's happening like is it wi-fi is it is it the website what's broken here so yeah it was it was just a chaos start to the day Kim and I think we I don't think we made it look like that I think it was like oh (laughs) this was this was fantastic you know we've got a new story out bang straight in the morning and yeah here we go we're going to deliver our flagship conference yeah and yeah. I think it went very well. Yeah. Both with the story and with the conference. So. Yeah, I think I think I think so. Um, yeah, the sto- the story did very well. Um, you know, I was I've sort of joked in my last editor's view that um whenever we put SJP on the website, it, right everyone to the comes, top. Yeah, everyone comes flocking. Top most read. Um, it, you know, it's usually quite hard to beat that. And so I've sort of said jokingly, well what would happen if we ever just put SJP in the headline? Nothing else. Don't say what the company has or hasn't done, but will we still get those people clicking through to go, oh, SJP. Um, So now I've got SJP and FCA in the headline for the editor's view. And I'm like, oh, let's see. (laughs) Let's see see what that does. Um, But, you know, we had Robin Powell, who writes for us sometimes and was sort of saying that SJP might have to sort of change things. What's coming? Can Mm -hmm. we expect? sort of thing and I think we highlighted last time Kim as well about like the academy that there are it can't always be bad things that they're doing and you know Mm -hmm. people don't necessarily agree with the model well maybe this consumer duty has 
cause the firm to act in one way or another. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, there's arguments that they should be acting sooner. A lot of these changes aren't coming in until 2025. Um, but, you know, is it a case of better late than never? Yeah. 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 Uh, well, we'll mm-hmm. see once the exit fees are scrapped um, and see what the reception will be. Um, I, 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 was just, I just thought it was a bit odd that because I remember around that time when I would speak to someone uh, SUPX fees came up quite a lot it just felt like they were it was like a premonition there was just there's a bit more conversation about it and then um you know two three weeks later then they actually announced they're going to scrap it in 2025 it was like it was like I don't know it was like it was almost weird it was like that they had feeling something was coming almost um mm-hmm. I mean whether they did or didn't I don't know but it was like it, it, did, it felt like the, the conversation was getting a bit more attention uh following consumer duty and Early withdrawal fees, extra fees, or have it on a term. So, yeah, I did feel like that the conversation was growing a bit more in that department. Well, mm. actually, Darius, it was quite harsh on you, wasn't it? Because you yeah, a little were bit. the leader for yeah. us um, and, you know, had a discussion with someone and it was whether SJP should, you, I think it was sort of along the line. Well, actually, Darius, you, you tell us a little bit about it instead. Yeah, I mean, I did have more, it wasn't just for leader conversations referring to, but yeah, I did have a leader that got, um, Trounce a little bit, but yeah, well, no, basically, it was um, someone told me, um, with uh, with with and they did reference SJP and um, you know, Charles X fees. They said, you know, if if um, if the FCA is sort of um, you know, being um, implementing consumer duty in sort of a proper sense, then one of the first things you have to explain is why why is SJP still allowed to charge X fees really because it doesn't really align with the whole ethos of the rules. Um, and then um, I, I thought it was sort of an interesting point, and uh, so yeah, I, I wrote a leader on it. And then I, I don't know, maybe three, four days later, then we got that shock announcement. I was like, right, okay, that's. So it was annoying that I actually sort of <laughs> finished the lead and had already, and then yeah, just life just sort of torpedoed it really. So yeah, that was a. Uh, it was, was it was subbed. It was laid out on the page. Yeah. Dan's come in. He's like thought of this excellent headline. Go on, Dan, because no one got to see it. It was to fee or not to fee. That is the question. Oh. And, and it just, and I was like, yes, I was so proud. And then it's yeah, like, oh. No, that never could have broken Twitter. <laughs> away away from from it. Yeah, no, that, is a, that was a genuine shame. That was. Well, at least it didn't happen in the week when we'd gone to press. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that would have yeah, been, yeah. that would have been a real doozy. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. I think, yeah. I think, you know, that, that last issue of mine, you know, talking about Kim, and I know usually we'll sort of talk more about the, one for the previous month but it was going down to the wire because I changed pretty much everything like the feature was due to be something else Lois had done a lot of background work on that we were almost like close to just sort of going right okay let's hand that over to production that's fine Darius's leader was on page and was ready and initially we thought oh we'll we'll keep an eye on that because if they do sort of announce like any little thing we could tweak it or sort of say that they're considering their fees you know we can we can yeah. keep it as updated as possible and then we obviously had to pull that one as well and I, I just felt like wow I'm, I'm really sorry like editorial production this is the first time I've sort of completely gone right I'm, cha- I'm changing the cover feature that leader's coming out this is happening <laughs> you know it's just just yeah constant sort of uh, moving moving parts but I think that's part of the role of an editor to know when to strike um yes. so yeah. it makes sense and i think people will will really appreciate the november issue um i i don't really have a way that i want to structure this because i think it's 
great to have just free flow. So I don't know, Katie, if you want to expand a bit more on that. So, yeah, actually, then um, we thought we need to give this the attention it probably deserves. It warrants. Um, mm-hmm. We have always tried to be mindful of being flexible and adapting to what's going on. You know, this is the one of the biggest advice firms, the biggest advice firm in the country. Uh, we do need to sort of show this. Everyone's talking about it. It was on on socials. Like I said, we had a lot of content running up to it. As Darius said, it just seemed like that's the way this was being discussed more and more and more. Um, so I decided to say, right, OK, I'm going to I'm going to make that the, the cover feature. And we didn't have long to play with. And I stupidly said, well, I'll write it because that's a bit harsh to give it to anybody else in the team because everyone's <laughs> been working really hard and doing lots of other things anyway. And this is it's going to have to be quite a quick turnaround. That's not saying anyone else can't achieve that. But I just didn't want to put that pressure on people um so yeah was finding out the information that i could looking at what sjp originally put out there trying to speak to an advisor that has worked at the firm seeing what was the reaction on socials uh speaking to keith richards from the consumer duty alliance and getting like you know someone else's take on that as well while still trying to say to sjp any chance that you could please talk to me um directly because if if we can hear from you then obviously I can sort of try and put that fair balanced account across um Mm -hmm. and I don't know how I managed it I'm still not entirely sure um but managed to speak to Andrew Croft the chief executive of SJP the very day before we went to print um and so I I suddenly also then said to production right I know we're usually five pages but can I have six I'm being a bit greedy (laughs) I'm gonna scrap a, a leader and put this one in instead um and so I think it was good to hear from him directly and you know he said personally he would like the idea of knowing one whole fee and that's what SJP was you know and and they were arguing that actually with this exit charge people that haven't paid or haven't um, had to initially pay an initial advice charge Um, Mm -hmm. so you know people are saying well the advice has to be paid for in one way or another but the way that regulation is going the way that their competitors are going it's breaking this price down bit by bit sort of advice platform you know any any kind of fund fees and things like that so in order for them to be comparable to their competitors they also probably have to adopt this way um Mm. the justification for the two years and why it's going to take so long to come into force is because it's actually a technology thing there's a lot more data that's going to be flowing through so he suggested the pipes need to be bigger type of thing and and to me i sort of think you know i know a lot of people will criticize and say that's an awful long time you've had ages to sort of do these things this should be happening as of now um i'd rather someone be honest and say we need to get this right we risk a lot of this going wrong and you know and we've seen that with sort of replatforming in the sector with the big technology upgrades if you don't get that right you're going to hear about that even more as well so mm-hmm. I, I i think it, in fairness that that seems like a, a solid justification as, as to why it might take so long yeah and lois i'm going to go over to you so that you can maybe expand more on your october cover issue and then you can also touch on November as well. Yes. 
Um, I think I covered October's cover feature pretty in depth last time. Yeah, you did. That's why I was like, you can touch on October if you want and then give us a bit of an overview into what you've done in November or what you're looking forward to in November. Sure. Um, So my cover feature for October was all about the um, state pension triple lock. Mm -hmm. And so um, whether or not it should be scrapped, whether um, either of the main political parties are going to um, commit to it being scrapped, which it doesn't look like they are. Mm -hmm. Um, So the cover imagery was all about poker, hold or fold. And I do have to give credit to um, Steve Cameron at Aegon for that idea. Yeah. Again, I have given him credit quite a lot, but it was his idea. Um, so, yeah, I was just basically talking to pensions experts and getting their thoughts on whether the triple lock should be scrapped and if it is, what comes in its place. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the issues is that just the general public, as a generalization, don't really understand the state pension and particularly the triple lock. So when they hear triple lock's going to be scrapped, what pensioners generally here is our pension's going to go down but that isn't actually necessarily the case um sorry i'm just look so i've i always overuse the word interesting so i've got this (laughs) thesaurus on my screen and so if i if i'm tempted to use the word interesting i'm going to use a different word and you have to hold me to it enlightening but yes it was enthralling writing (laughs) that cover feature i got very invested in it um but I won't go into too much detail because, I, as I say, I went into a lot of detail last podcast. And if you want to hear all about it, you can go and listen to that one. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah. What about I also, November? well, in October, but I'm, I wrote a lot of features in the October issue. You did. So I you also wrote the MM Meets, which I didn't really mention in last podcast. Right. So I did MM Meets with Alex Cowan San Luis, who's the CEO of Platform One. Mm-hmm. So he's telling me all about his background, like he started off training to be a doctor and then he decided he didn't want to do that because it takes so long to become a doctor. And then you can't really disrupt medicine until you're quite established. So it was going to take too long for him to be able to disrupt things. So he went into working for a American cybersecurity firm that's, for a few that's years. A shift. That's a shift. Quite a big shift. And then he launched his own like business called Codin, which was like a... It's been, it's now been, well, a while ago, it was bought by Platform One and Alex became CEO of Platform One. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that was a very captivating interview. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I did a leader on small advice firms, that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, so saying it kind of looks like the FCA is against small advice firms. And obviously the FCA denies that, but it from what I hear, it's very difficult to get um, direct direct authorization. And also now the FCA is cracking down on networks and getting them to look at their appointed representatives in a lot more detail. And as much as the networks are saying they're going to try not to put too much of an admin burden on their appointed reps, um, they probably are going to have to do more like reporting back to the networks because the networks now have to report on every single one of they, their ARs every year. Oh, wow. So if the networks with like hundreds of ARs that's quite a big task so then it's mm-hmm. it might I, I don't know if it hasn't yet because um it only came in last December and I think the first reviews are due this December mm-hmm. but so we can't 
tell yet exactly how that's going to affect appointed representatives, but it could put them off potentially. So I was um, saying in my leader that I think it's very important to have small advice firms so that consumers, well, clients have more choice. And I was comparing Mm -hmm. it to like the grocery sector. So I used to write about food and drink in a previous Mm -hmm. role. Um, And some people do like shopping in big supermarkets, hypermarkets, but some people like shopping in small greengrocers and butchers. So it's always important to have the two, like the the huge advice firms and the very small bespoke ones. So I was basically just, yeah, on the side of the small advice firm. I've spoken to quite a lot of people who've started up their own advice firms and just getting some sort of idea of how difficult it is for them. Mm -hmm. Um, So arguably the FCA should maybe back off a bit. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, aren't small businesses basically the backbone of like society? I think think it's like 99% of businesses are small businesses or something like that. Yeah. Because if companies just keep gobbling up everything, then you have that scary monopoly situation. and And then where will we be? Exactly. And of course, there is a lot of consolidation going on in the advice space, as we know. Well, the advice market is very much that sort of, like you said, those big firms, massive, massive firms, and then mm-hmm. these small players and, and lots of, of small players. And mm-hmm. uh, I, th- I think we've touched on it before, you know, often advisors sort of feel like the FCA doesn't listen to mm-hmm. them. It doesn't really know how their business work. And, and probably on, on the FCA's side, it's then it is quite hard to regulate so many different small types ones. of business yeah. as well. Um, and obviously they don't just regulate financial advice. No, of course. It's, other, it's other areas as well. Side. But um, yeah, it's definitely interesting to see what they really think about that and how they can sort of engage with smaller advice firms as well. And I think at our conference, um, we did have a, a speaker from the FCA and we, mm-hmm. we was talking about big tech. Graham Reynolds, one of the um, competition directors, but it was the fact of also saying to advisors, can you actually engage with the, the consultations that we put out there? Uh, you know, we do want to hear from you as to how certain things are affecting your business. And, and that would be my suggestion to advisors as well. It's like, well, this is the way to sort of try and make sure that the regulator is listening to the constraints of your business. And yes, there's a lot of arguments about the surveys that they were sending out at some point and the financial resilience of these firms and then constantly sort of addressing that. And advisors are already saying, you know, enough of our time is being spent on this regulatory burden we just want to get on with advising clients you know that's that's what we want to do um but i think that the industry and, and people do need to come together and try and actually sort of iron out some of those real difficulties to hopefully improve it for future people mm. as well yeah definitely. Yeah. i got quite a few nice messages about my um leader from small yes. advice firms yeah, including harry Katz. he likes yeah. me now <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so that was mostly what I worked on for October. Um, in November, I only have one page leader. Well, you took a break. After slipping. carrying October, you it's had slipping. to take a bit of a break. Um, I did a leader on artificial intelligence, which led quite nicely into some of our other content in the mag, which I won't touch on because I didn't write it. Yeah, um, but well. I also, in October... I got. I was quite proud of a um, news scoop I got on the yeah. Chartered Insurance Institute CEO leaving. Yeah. So he's announced he's leaving next spring, um, and that's only like less than two years since he took up the role. Mm. So the 
CII is having to find a new CEO. And I think that makes four in the past year, just over. Wow. So they're really getting through them. It's worse than the government. It's a high turnover rate. Mm -hmm. Um, And I am just looking, I won't go into too much detail, but I'm looking into the whole CII PFS debacle, which seems to still be going on. Yeah. Which I'm not responsible for in any way. No. So I guess it's a wash this space kind of moment. Yeah, exactly. To be continued. I was pleased with getting that story first. Awesome. Um, So, Amanda, we haven't heard from much much from you today. Um, uh, So (laughs) I wanted to know a bit more about um, what you covered in October and then we can lead on to November. Okay. Yeah. Um. I've just been listening to all, all the debate. Um. Yeah, I know. Stuff. I was lost myself in that. But, um. Um. In October. Um. I have to say, my favourite piece that I've written in the October issue is the one about um. Should mentors tell you what to do? Because yeah. um. This is kind of a personally inspired thing because, um, you know, as everyone knows, I've got a teenage son and I find myself now kind of like trying not to tell him what to do. Like more a case of, you know, this is what I think, Liam, but, um, you know, you're you, I'm me. You go off and take this experience that I've got and do what you want with it. But, you know, mm-hmm. this is what I think as your mother. So I'm kind of coming at it from from that viewpoint, really. So I was interested in, you know, to what extent as a mentor, you know, do you kind of, you know, pass on the benefit of your experience and say to someone look this is what I would you know recommend you do and you probably should do this because you know I'm more experienced than you not that you'd say that but you know Mm -hmm. that's the gist of it or whether you say you know um you know you you make your own mistakes but I'm here to sort of catch you if you fall you know I don't want you to fall flat on your face but you know I can't live your life for you so I was kind of looking at that and I spoke to someone who has experience of you know being a mentor and a mentee Mm -hmm. and she was sort of you know talking about the sort of the the balance I think everyone I spoke to actually was talking about the balance of this that you know you, you can't kind of um force someone to do what you think they should do because it's counterproductive they'll just say you know I don't feel comfortable with this so you know therefore there's a danger of sort of you know throwing the baby out with the bathwater isn't there so you know Mm -hmm. you're too forceful with me I'm not going to listen to you so it's Mm -hmm. it's kind of that that stuff as well but um yeah I just find it really fascinating because there was someone else who said to me you know I'd rather my mentor not just sit and watch me make the mistakes and sort of sit there and you know tight-lipped and not tell me that I'm making a mistake so I guess it's courses for courses and I suppose at the end of the day it's about the relationship isn't it that you build with your mentor and yeah. um that that kind of thing so yeah that that was um, as I say I've kind of ranted a bit on that but it's no, some I, personal... I love that I love the topic of mentors like I said before I've had mentors in my past and I had two different mentors and one of them was when I was doing my master's and I'd written this business plan about this you know uh book publishing business I wanted to start um, but I was just doing it as an assignment to pass my master's program Um, but he took it very seriously and he was like you should do this you should start this business I was 25 and I was like 
I am still a baby. I don't know what you think. Like me run a business that's crazy. Um, and I, he was very encouraging, but he wasn't necessarily forceful with it. But I could tell that he really wanted me to go in that direction because I the same age he had started his own business. And I think he was like, you, I did it, you can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just didn't feel prepared. Uh, but yeah, I think it is that balance of figuring out, you know, you can guide someone, but you can't push them into something that they're not completely comfortable yeah. with. Yeah. But you know, as a mentor stroke parent, it is frustrating when you can see them sort of heading for the fall, but you know, you've said yeah. your bit and you've got to shut up, I think, and just yeah. Sort of, it's hard. It is hard because I can see both sides. You know, I, it's not that long. You know, I mean, it is a long time ago since I was a teenager, but, you know, <laughs> I, I still remember it as if it was yesterday. So I can kind of relate to someone coming into their career and, you know, wanting this information, but not being dictated to because it's just like being in school otherwise. So mm-hmm. I'm interested. I've had that. some very good mentors and some very bad mentors. And I've, I suppose I've been a mentor, but not very much. And I would say, the good ones are the ones who give criticism, but then allow you to sort of make your own mistakes as long as they're not massive. So mm-hmm. then you learn from it. And I think sometimes as when I've mentored people myself, it's quite hard not to micromanage a little bit and like go into too yeah. much detail maybe. But then in the long term, then people don't learn what they need to do. So I think it's sort of like a maybe taking some time to explain why you've done certain things in the short term to make it better in the long term. Yeah, I I find that when I'm sort of like, you know, editing people's stories or trying to help sort of develop people because you want them to find their own way as well. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, you know, your way isn't necessarily the right way or the way you do things wouldn't work for somebody else. Um, So I, I if I feel that there's major things that need restructuring, and that's not usually the case with, with our team, but if there's been people with lesser experience that you do sort of think, okay, well, I could just change this and, you know, for speed, I could just do it and that'll be fine. And, and then, um, but they're not going to learn from that. So I, I mm-hmm. usually try and take the time to say, well, this is why I've changed this. And, and you know, by all means, challenge me back because if I introduce something that's then wrong or I've sort of phrased it in a, a certain way that that's not the message that you were trying to get across, um, you know, I, I need to know that as well. So I think it's, it's a two-way process as well because I think the actual uh, mentor can learn from the mentee as well. Yeah, you know, new ways of doing things too and and sort of, uh, you know, and like you say, Lois, yeah, sometimes you do need to make those mistakes, not massive mistakes you wouldn't want anything to sort of cost anyone Not their or anything. yeah <laughs> but it's yeah. that um sort of going well you learn from that because suddenly like you you know you won't be trying to do it in that way again and I, I think when I was training to be a journalist and we had to sort of listen to this passage and then you know sort of take some stuff down and it was like the the seeking helicopter or something like that and I put s-w-e-k-i-n-g and then it turns out it was like the C king helicopter <laughs> S-E-A. and then they were like see you know you've got to be accurate and I was like well yeah but normally you'd probably get to look it up or sort of you know work yeah. it I, I put down what I thought I heard um, but it's like yeah. what's that and I thought I thought that seems to make sense doesn't it like maybe a helicopter seeking, seeking something, something. Yeah. but uh, anyway it was you know it's just that random sort of thing but 
it was a small mistake, but it made me think a lot more that the next time I was doing something like, oh, I better, you know, really better try and make sure I know or I understand what that bit is, because otherwise I'm going to look a bit stupid. But equally, I've, you know, often been saying to the team, we have a little bit of a discussion beforehand of ask those questions. There's no such thing as a stupid question. You might feel it's stupid or other people know things that you don't know that's the way we're going to learn isn't it of, mm-hmm. you know, and adapting and uh, so for me it's sort of yeah if I'm editing something I then try and talk to that person and say this is why I've done this um you know does that make sense to you any any questions that you've got and then next time you sort of find we well, don't have to go over those things again because they've sort of adapted anyway and or they've said their reasons for well actually Katie you know my thing sounded better than than your edit and I, I've had that done to me as well you know where people have edited my work and I'm like oh that sounds nothing like me now I don't I don't mm-hmm. know if I, I don't know if I like that or you know was it over edited did it need to be done you so can edit it but take my byline off it yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, Katie, you were one of the really good mentors. I was oh, thank to. you. Thank you, Lois. It's very kind. <laughs> very kind. But like I say, I, I still learn from the from the wider team as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think you always have to be open to that opportunity as well. Um, Amanda, is there anything else you wanted to mention from October or did you want to mention November? Mm-hmm. Can I go into November? Because I've yeah. got that. In October, I did cover something about um, artificial intelligence as well. But I, I think I've probably kind of, you know, covered similar things before in a in a podcast. So I'd, I'd rather go on to November. Yeah, sure. All right. Um, in November, another kind of one that's interesting to me, I just sort of feel you know, certain things are just interesting to me. So I follow them, you know, regardless of, you know, what anyone else thinks sometimes. <laughs> so, um, yeah. But this one, it's um, I'm looking at um, for financial advisor to be in November. I'm looking at, you know, whether starting salaries can hinder second careerists coming in. Because, oh, yeah. You know, do you, do you know what I mean? Like if you've got, a, you know, a mortgage or you know, even rent for that matter or, yeah. you know, you're a certain, you know, your, your lifestyle, if you're already in a job, will kind of, you know, depend on the salary that you've got. And mm-hmm. in some cases, you might have to take a drop if you want to retrain, but it might be something that you really want to do and are desperate. But, you know, you might have mortgage kids and whatever and a nice kind of salary that you're quite comfortable on. But you've got some major decisions there to consider. You know, it's yeah. it's not as easy because from an employer's point of view, if you've got someone in who isn't experienced, you can't kind of, you know, like um just sort of rip up your kind of, you know, salary bands and, you know, your, your structure just to accommodate this person. So it's kind of, you know, a, a balance there to be had. So that's something I'm looking at in November. Yeah. And um, can I mention one more? I don't want to mm-hmm. kind of hold the spot, but um, critical illness. So I think, again, it's 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 a good one, I think, because it, it's kind of maybe a little bit controversial. Um, mm-hmm. I spoke to Adam Higgs of Protection Guru, and he gave me the idea for this actually but it's um is now the best time to buy critical illness in terms of you know the the sweet spot in terms of you know what you can get cover for and how much it costs you know yeah that that's an issue now are we at that sweet point now and you know should we kind of you know all I mean obviously we should go and get critical illness but you know it's kind of is this kind of as good as it's going to get for the time being so do we Mm -hmm. all go out now and get some so that's what I'm looking at November anyway 
Okay, awesome. If um, there's I a think bad also on the wellness policy, yeah. Amanda, you can be like, "Yep, I, <laughs> I help spread the word. Everyone's kind <laughs> of got themselves protected." <laughs> got to do your bit, haven't you? Yeah, I think uh, Lois, you put up a poll about critical illness and its name. Um, in yeah, it October came from as well. interesting discussion um, on one of the panels that Katie was chairing at MMI London. Um, mm-hmm. about whether critical illness should be called that because I think um, Robin Allen from Open Work was mm-hmm. saying um, it it doesn't like it doesn't critical makes you maybe think of it being something you're going to die from but it's not yeah. necessarily you could get better from some of the um, illnesses that are covered on critical illness policies mm-hmm. so she said is it actually like should it even be called critical illness? And, um, I think it was Alan Lakey of um, CI Expert said it used to be called, or pointed out that it used to be called dread disease insurance. And I just thought that was great. So just all the diseases that you dread, which could be anything. Mm, yeah. Um, um, so I put up a poll saying, should it just remain critical illness? Should it be called dread disease? Again, unsurprisingly, 0% said it should be called trend disease. <laughs> or I think Adam Higgs, because he was on the panel as well, um, and he was saying it should maybe be called, what was it, Katie, instead of critical illness? Oh, like serious, was it serious? Serious illness, that was it, yeah. Maybe yeah. it should just be called serious illness rather than critical, because it can be not necessarily something you die from. Mm. Yeah. So I think the, the thing was um, maybe critical illness is putting off putting clients off claiming on it because they think, oh, I have to be dying to claim yeah. that when actually I think, you don't. Yeah, I think it's down to like the uh, the language used, but also I would argue that serious illness also might make people think, oh, what I have isn't serious, serious. compared mm-hmm. to... Think, yeah, I think Robin also highlighted that it could relate to an injury or something as well. So you always sort of think like this illness type of thing. Yeah. Is, yeah. Like a long term. Yeah. Yeah, that's ailment. true. So it's not even yeah. necessarily an illness. Yeah. Hmm. I don't so know. So we solved we solved that debate then. So yeah. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> we're, we're not going into the rebranding of it anytime no. by the looks of it. We'll uh, yeah go back to the drawing board and see what we come up with. Yeah. We've just said what not to do. Um but um Darius, um, I know that your leader got rejigged or scrapped, but is there anything else uh, that stood out for you in October? Uh, yeah, I, I had um, when I um, uh, met uh, MKC Wealth uh, uh, CEO uh, Dominic Rose. I is mm-hmm. um, I thought it was quite interesting because uh, MKC Wealth have uh, implemented of um, uh, of sort of. Um, a scheme where their advisors, their bonuses actually uh, linked to client feedback, okay. um, and so and 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 Dominic said even everyone within the company is has to buy by his rule, even himself. So if he got some client feedback that wasn't negative, his bonus would then uh, uh, be impacted by it. Um, and it, I just thought it was, it was quite interesting. He said, you know, this is something we implemented before consumer duty. This wasn't mm-hmm. necessarily like you know, influenced by that. This is something we want to do to you know make sure we're, we're, we're putting our client first and fair value and so forth, regardless of the FCA sort of um, uh, coming on the horizon. Um, mm-hmm. And and he said when it when it when it was uh, first implemented, like advisors were a bit nervous about it, but now they've just sort of embraced it, and now they sort of like religiously check um, 
their clients and customers' opinion and feedback to make mm-hmm. sure they're happy. It's just, it's just become like part of their role, really. It's just like everyday life, like uh, everyday work life that, you know, they'd uh, talk to their customers and make sure everything's okay and uh, everyone's ha- everyone's happy and so forth. And so, yeah, I, I just thought it was quite a good um I thought, yeah, I thought, it, it, it said, as far as far as he's aware, that the only uh, IFA does this. Um, I thought it's, it's quite um, I was a, 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 sort of a, a nice thing to implement. It seemed like a yeah, um, and it does align quite well with consumer duty. But you know, something I can see that would uh, give the customer a feeling like a fair value and so forth. That you know, what what service they do is actually reflected in their in their um, in their bonuses. So. That you know they they're gonna want to put you know, you and your needs first because um it has a, at the end of the day has a genuine impact on them. See, so, yeah, I I it was um yeah I I I quite liked uh, sort of talking to Dominic and Ian about that. I thought it was quite an interesting way of uh, taking things forward. Mm-hmm. You're not interesting, Darius. Riveting. <laughs> I think riveting is a bit OTT, but <laughs> but yeah. This okay, so it was, it was it was riveting. It was riveting. Enthralling or what I can't remember the last one, but yeah, fine. It was it was all of those things, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Enlightening. So I you, it, like yeah, enlightening. Enlightening. It was it was an enlight it was an enlightening meeting and conversation and I can't think of obviously interesting. Yeah, fine. Okay. Yeah, because, I, I, yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, <laughs> I enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. um, okay. So, what about November? Is there anything you're going to be covering or looking forward to cover in November? Uh, well, I was, I was quite um, what, what just to follow on what Amanda sort of did with uh, just about November uh, mm-hmm. piece of magazine, but I, I was quite happy with um. My did an article regarding Rishi Snacks um, net zero rollback and sort of yeah. why the impact is going to have on ESG appetite and so forth. Um, and because like 31, uh, a group of 31 different companies uh, wrote a letter saying you know, this this you know, this sort of um, thing will, will impact investment because there's not like a clear consensus of where the UK is going sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I reached out to uh, Aviva, CCLA and Castlefields who are part of a 30. Uh, one company who, who did it, and obviously, yeah, they said, yeah, we are concerned because this is going to sort of throw a bit of span of work. But when I spoke to um, like advisors, um, they they were they were um, sort of less sort of woke because they were they were sort of saying, you know, he or she is more like it's more who you are sort of thing. It's, it's what you believe in. So mm-hmm. if someone does make a big announcement, okay, if I, it, it probably will have an impact to some degree on you know on. Uh, of the economics behind it, but it's, it's, it's what you believe. So mm-hmm. if you believe in it, you believe in it regardless of what the PM says or you know whoever that person is, because mm-hmm. it's, it's it's who you are, sort of thing. So they say it, it might, yeah. I, I think Alistair uh, uh, Cunningham said that maybe if every lead in Regie um, Seven um, made this sort of uh, announcement, that that might have a, an impact on things. Mm-hmm. Um, but because ESG is you know is a global. Um, portfolios and so forth but you know this is only uh sort of a, a teardrop in the ocean right now so overall it probably won't impact uh ESG appetite amongst uh, clients okay that's good to hear i think some people still care <laughs> definitely um and dan i know that um you are new it's only been a couple of weeks but um is there anything you wanted to share about your experience maybe or um, what you might be looking forward to getting into in November? Yeah, I think um, obviously the uh, November mag uh, mentioned MMI a couple of times um, mm-hmm. and uh, as 
I was mentioned on the call, you know, there was sort of a few key kind of dominant themes in in the conference, uh, AI, big tech, uh, criticalness, um, ESG, which have all been mentioned. Um, so I think they were obviously four really interesting points uh, that the panel discussed. Um, uh, I went to a headline uh, money masterclass uh, last week, which um, mm-hmm. they're talking very much about sort of about pensions and platforms. And uh, so, yeah, it was just just really getting my head around all of the different areas and um yeah, it's, it's been it's been really interesting and uh not interesting yeah, no, no, not interesting not interesting sorry not interesting <laughs> and um obviously ai cool. AI's, ai continues to be a big thing and uh, you've got the ai summit at bletchley park today which is um no doubt gonna sort of bring up a few more things uh regarding financial services so yeah it's uh it's been, it's been interesting but i'm just looking intriguing. forward to intriguing <laughs> intriguing uh i'm just looking forward to really yeah sort of in my feet and um learning more about each of these areas going forward yeah yeah how, how are you finding the acronyms and stuff so far Dan and I'm, all the, I'm get- the jargon and I'm getting there I'm getting there slowly um I yesterday uh discovered DFM oh and yeah not, and, and not and not DM because DM and DFM <laughs> are two, two totally different things <laughs> as I discovered uh so yeah the acronyms are I'm slowly getting there with them I think it's taking its time. What's it done for, Dan? DFM. Discretionary fund manager. Oh, nice! <laughs> On the spot as well. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Google. <laughs> but, but yeah, no. So it's um, yeah, it's, it's been really good though. I've been really, really enjoying it. Well, okay. I'll be more. I'll probably interrogate you more in our next end of month podcast. Oh, so I can't wait. Thank just, you. just you wait. Just a pre-warning. Um, <laughs> Uh, but I guess uh, to wrap this up, um, yeah, could I, I highlight think... a couple of stories yeah. just from October um, quickly? I'm just going to basically plug a couple of my own, but there, there were some mm-hmm. other really good ones as well. Um, Vanguard's move into guidance um, was an interesting one I sort of came across. So they had tried to enter the financial advice space. They they sort of did. And then two years later, like I think within two years, uh, decided no actually that's not really working for us but there's this whole talk about sort of advice versus guidance the regulators sort of looking into that a little bit more um and i I just happened to see that it was launching this sort of managed stocks and shares isa and Mm. and then within that it was like oh but you'd have access to human you know guidance and uh very much like oh we we can help manage it for you and we can do this and we can do that but if you're not sure and a lot of vanguard saying has been that sort of passive investment you know stick mm-hmm. it in here and, and and just get on with it um but now you know advisors are then sort of saying hold on this sound this sounds like advice right. and, and can yeah. we have clear definitions of that so uh yeah right right sorry about that and that's that actually sort of shot right up the rankings i think it actually overtook the sjp scrapping its exit it charges did. but we did still have a couple of the those ones above it anyway um mm-hmm. and another one that i had was um aberdeen's platform ceo noel butwell i had had, had a chat with him yes and say that they've upgraded various things on the platform and um like judge us from now um was what he said and i thought that was quite a standout line so i put mm-hmm. it in the headline um and they've had their whole sort of obviously rebrand there was a lot of criticism from advisors about that of the spelling and you know whole whole thing i think it appeared on have i got news for you we've covered that as a big cover feature previously mm-hmm. um but there was this deal with phoenix and so they sold the standard life 
brand, um, which is why they were left with like the Aberdeen sort of part of it, I guess, uh, and and came up with that branding. Um, and but he said that that's been a, a thing that they've been working on for the past three years to separate those things properly. So Standard Life is is part of Phoenix, and that name should be associated there and and not here anymore. Um, and really internally, that's them being quite a disruption um and you know distracted them away from the stuff that they would like to be doing so now that they've made these platform enhancements he's very keen to say it's not a re-platforming they're not changing technology provider they're not changing any of that um, but they've made these additional sort of um, services uh, they want it to be a lot more content related but judge us from now because you know we, we're now they, we've, we're able to focus on this this is what we want to do wants to work with more advice firms and you know obviously that there's been some sort of challenges maybe from the advisor community around that as well I, I didn't I thought it was a decent story that I put together but I was quite surprised again how quickly that one's um, gone up so it just it does show obviously how important platforms are to advisors and and what they have to say you know maybe not necessarily agreeing with that platform boss they might think that actually you know you've still got a long way to go um mm-hmm. and maybe you know is it okay to sort of say well you've not been as as good as you'd have liked before um that's mm-hmm. not necessarily our problem um so yeah just just thought I'd highlight those as that that's going to be my last bit so <laughs> I know well I was also going to say I wanted you to say a couple of words at the end about your time at money marketing and I don't know whatever else you would want to say you have the floor oh brilliant okay okay well thank you no it's, it's been it's been fantastic being part of money marketing I have a habit rather than saying the interesting side of things which I probably still do as well I have this habit of saying the other day and I was talking down about this yesterday I could genuinely mean the other day or I could mean about 15 years ago yeah um, <laughs> but it probably feels like it was just the other day that yeah. I joined Money Marketing or or became editor. Um, like I said earlier, I've been incredibly lucky to work with a fantastic team, a very, very talented bunch. And that's not just these people, the people on this podcast now, but the wider team, our production team that put the magazine together, our events team that make MMI possible, um, our commercial team, you know, all of the things that a business needs. We're lucky mm-hmm. to have all, all of that sort of support network. Um, and I've been lucky that people have been willing to give up their time and help me get to know this sector more. And I, I would say that to you, Dan, you know, don't worry. Um, people are are willing. They want to see you sort of do well. Um, people really love the money marketing brand. I do. I will still remain a big fan of it and still be very closely connected, hopefully, as well, mm-hmm. just, just from a different side. Um, but no, it, it's been been fantastic. Uh, since I took over as editor, we relaunched the mag. So mm-hmm. it, it's got this new vibrant feel, the types of content that we do. I think we've had a little bit more freedom of how we write things and I think people actually like that tone that we've got where it's a little bit more accessible um and yeah it, it's been great seeing the team develop and also like I said learning from from them as well so it's uh, mixed emotions because um I'd be sad to not work with you all directly and not be on on the next podcast but I will listen listen in mm-hmm. and enjoy it from there yeah Well, like I said before, you will definitely be missed, um, but we are excited to see you on your new journey. And we know that you're always going to be about in some capacity, uh, whether that's Darius calling you at 3am to ask what to wear the next day. (laughs) Um, But um, 
<laughs> thank you all for joining me again for this end of month podcast and i'll speak to you in the next one it's thank been a spellbinding and entrancing conversation i think and i'm excited that we're expanding our vocabulary as well <laughs> okay bye yeah, bye. Bye. Thanks. bye bye bye